my top five podcasters, Chris, 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 Chris Lambert, and probably myself, but this ain't about that. The mundane festival is where you at. If you've been tapped in, you know what's up. If you're a first-timer, hey, welcome to the club. The cost of admission is simply a subscription. Then rating and reviewing it wherever you listen. Don't worry about change-ups. The cast won't break up. Even with that million-dollar contract, show up a stand-up guy who's a stand-up comedian with a stance on everything from food to media. So welcome to the show. Please take your seat. Let's find out what he's got in store this week. Who, me? I'm Don. Will you open the act? Thanks for coming out. Please clap. The Mundane Festival with your host, Chris Lambert. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Mundane Festival Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Lamberth, recording this for the week of Sunday, August 27th, 2023. Remember, as always, you can subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast listening apparatus. If you're really into this thing, go over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Give this particular show a five-star review. Let everybody know why you like it, because it's simply the right thing to do. And if you would like to take your love and appreciation of this show to an even deeper level, go over to patreon.com slash mundane festival and subscribe. It's three bucks a month for hours and hours and hours of bonus content. This is episode 670. There's no guest. It's just me sitting here in my apartment on a relatively late Saturday morning. Is 10 a.m. a late Saturday morning or is it 11? I don't know. I'm not sure. You be the judge of that. But I'm here ready to give you some high quality podcasting for your listening pleasure. But before I do that, I would like to read a five-star review. This five-star review is from on Apple Podcasts, and it comes from Tanya W. Such a great podcast. Love this podcast. As someone obsessed with food, the Fat Boy segments, that's what awesome host Chris calls them, are my favorite. But it's also great to hear his adventures in comedy, acting, movies, and life in general. Well, I thank you, Tanya W. I really appreciate you. Thank you for being a listener and subscriber to Patreon. And it was nice to see you earlier this year at the JL's Tall Boy After Party. It was very nice. I had a good time with you. Always a joy to see you. So I'm everybody be like Tanya. If you like this show, write a review. It makes it puts it makes good things happen, I think. And it makes me feel good makes me feel good to know that there's some kind of positive feedback when I decide to do this egomaniacal show by myself and spew all of this stuff out into the abyss, the endless abyss of content on the internet. And I decide to throw my hat in there like everybody else with a super huge ego and something to say, and something to share. And it makes me feel good when there's human beings on the other end of the podcast are listening and enjoying what I do. It makes it worth it. It makes it all worth it. So, oh, speaking of J.L. Covan, Half Blackface is out of there. It's out there. It's out. It's available in the universe. Wherever you listen to music and comedy albums, it's there. Finally. Finally, it is happened to me. Half Blackface is out there in the universe. Finally. All right, sorry. Sorry for that. I didn't know that I was going to do that, but I was, I guess, inspired by CeCe Peniston. Did she do that song? I don't know. Not going to look it up. Sorry, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Write into the show. Email the show at mundanefestivalpod 
at gmail.com. That email's still there. Um, it's full of spam <laughs> and not uh, full of emails from you guys. So, all right. But Half Blackface is out. It's terrific. I had, an, I had a bout of insomnia yesterday, and I woke up past midnight, and I look at my phone, and I, Apple Music said, oh, Half Blackface is out, your pre-order that you did. And I was like, you know what? I can't sleep. Why don't I listen to this long-awaited album from one of my friends? And it was really good. Uh, I He says it's his magnum opus. I almost want to agree with him. Uh, I told him that I would have to. I think it's great. I told him I thought it was great. Congrats, congratulated him. But I would have to go back to keep my enemies closer and and uh, thoughts and prayers. But I think what edges those two out is the fact that JL went personal on a lot on a lot of the material talking about his life. And that is always a I'm always a fan of that. That's a big tasting for me when a when the comedian talks about their personal life and minds those for humor. So I and and some of that stuff was kind of dark and he was able to make it funny. Uh, So it was good. I really I like that. I always enjoy his uh, social commentary, but and that's always on point. But I really like the fact that he went personal with uh, with half blackface. So um, congrats to JL and all that jazz. It's very good. Check it out. Support people. Who have been on this show. Uh, They need it just as much. As the famous people. That you listen to. I tend to see sometimes people. That I follow. On social media. They will repost. Famous people shit. Who don't need it. But the people that. I was assume they like. That would need it a little more. They don't. So I you know. I'm just something I notice. I'm not judging anybody. I'm just saying. Just saying. You know, it's it's uh, I've got talented friends, you know, speaking of talented friends, I was asked to host the Comedy Outliers uh, show happening this Friday, November, no, ugh, September 1st. Wow, I'm skipping two months. Uh, this this I should not skip two months because Spider-Man 2 is coming out in on PS5. And on October 20th, and nobody wants to skip over that. I'm not going to eternal sunshine that video game experience. September 1st, uh, I'll be hosting the Comedy Outliers uh, end of their summer sessions at Union Hall. Uh, Brandon Collins and Mike Brown are doing taping their half hours. They asked me to host. I said, yeah, let's fucking do this. Um, I'm excited about that. Always fun to perform in Brooklyn. Always fun to perform at Union Hall. Um, it's just one of those places. It's a cool place. Really cool venue. You go down into a fucking basement. There's low ceilings and a nice little stage. And those people are packed in there like sardines. And it's a good fucking time. So, uh, yeah, that's I'm looking forward to that. Um also on yeah, September 7th, the non-productive comedy show at Just Jake's uh, in Montclair, New Jersey. I'll be at the, I'll be there. Always a good time. Good food there also. Um, it's just fun. It's going to be fun. If you live in the New Jersey area, uh, come out to that. Uh, on, on the 15th, I'll be at... Uh, the Cobra Club on the live from outer split. I was uh, the live from outer space show. All these things I'll post on social media and all that jazz. So I am back home in in New Jersey, uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin. Was very fun. I had a great time. I did partake in having a couple of my signature beverages that were made for me. Uh, the uh, Chris's citrus kiss that i posted on instagram and facebook it's really good uh the first night i had i was like oh it's good it's just like a fruit drink almost kind of kind of like an amaretta sour 
And uh, and I said, so I think, I was like, Saturday night after the show, I'm going to have two of those things. thing about Saturday, that Saturday night was the fact that there was a different bartender. And uh, the bartender on Saturday was very generous with her, her pour. And I got a little twisted. Like that Keith Sweat song. You know, I got what you need right now. Got me twisted for whatever that song. But you know what I'm talking about. And I thought that I, you know, even though I'm a big guy, I'm I'm a lightweight sometimes when it comes to that drink. Um, but it's weird because that day I had a great early lunch. Like I did some walking around the lakefront in Kenosha. Did did a some lights light, I did a lighthouse tour, and just walked around. Sat on sat by the beach, and I had ate at this place. I think I talked about it. I don't know if I talked about it on Patreon, but this place called the Boathouse is oh my god! I had like surf and turf. I had like a New York strip. Had some scrimps, uh, uh, broccoli, and as an appetizer, I had this really nice. I thought the salad was just gonna be like like a side salad. And it was like a bowl of, it's like a salad that I would make at home, like a big ass, kind of a big ass bowl. And it was really good. I was satiated by that meal. And then for, for dinner, I had, I shared a pizza with the owner of the club. That was terrific. And the thing he was saying, he's like, oh, this has a, this crust is like a cornmeal crust. And I was like, oh, that's why it's good. Like a nice thin, thin crust pie. It was, it was really good. Uh, I think I posted, I did post a picture of it on IG. Um, so that was great. And I'm thinking, I'm not, I'm not going to eat anything else uh, after. That would that'd just be too much. Uh, be like a fucking savage. So I, after the show, I rocked out the show. It was a nice crowd. Um, uh, Saturday night. And uh, I had those, those drinks. And I was like, whoa. Then I got like a the manager, the owner's wife, like uh, scrounged up some, I think Otis Spunkmeyer cookies that she warmed up, and those were good, and that settled me. But I had a good time. Kenosha was great. What wasn't great was the fact that uh, I almost missed my flight going back. I had an early flight, six thirty flight. Um. I woke up at four and I got, then the owner picked me up and uh, went to the airport, dropped me off. I'm thinking I'm good. You know, I'm standing in line waiting for TSA. Then I'm noticing the line is fucking long and not really moving. And then throughout that whole time, there were these uh, agents from United trying to get people to sign up for clear. And like, if you sign up, you can get in and get past this line and i also noticed that at the tsa you know there's a tsa section uh there was a gate that could have been used that was totally closed off nobody was working i was like you knew all these people were coming to this airport to you know in this major city yes this isn't it's not newark it's not new york city it's not jfk it's not LaGuardia, but and I'm not and I'm not trying to be a big city guy. Milwaukee is a a major city in this country. There's they have at least two professional sports teams, the the Brewers and uh the Bucks. So it's like it's not like this is a a rinky dink city. They just didn't have anybody working on Sunday. And as I was standing in line, I saw TSA people walking around like they didn't have anything to do like that line was not backed up and they had these like United agents because I flew United. They had these agents that were trying to get a, people to sign up for clear. If you you get the get to the airport, you can kind of go past, uh, you know, uh, TSA and get to the front of the line and get checked out, get on, get to your gate and everything like that. And I was like, this is that's a fucking hustle. I'm standing in line with these guys. So, yeah, we're trying to go to Newark, too. It's a fucking hustle, and I'm just like, it's getting closer and closer to the fucking boarding time. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? It's so slow. And they were just, everybody's just like dragging ass. 
And then I got nervous. I was like, okay, uh, let me sign up for this clear. Fuck it. You know, and uh, I, I, I did it. And it was a rush to do that. And I get to line. It's still fucking slow. And then um, I thought I'm finally make it to the gate. And I, I was I, I, I had really just made it. And I got there. Am I going to be okay? Am I going to make it? Please let me in. Please, please, please. And I got these cheeseburgers. And I <laughs> and I was like, and right behind me, the pilot was strolling past. He was black. And he was, um, he's like, oh, he had like Dunkin' Donuts. And I was like, okay, he's got to, he, they, let, they let me in. Long story short, made the flight. Black pilot, that was neat. He did not uh, turn the plane over when we landed. Uh, so thankfully, he didn't have to do that like Denzel did in flight. Um, so that was good. <laughs> um, so I was I back in Jersey, safe and sound. Uh, but yeah, that was that was not a good experience. Most of the time, I like being at the airport early as early as possible because the owner was like yeah you know i don't think you have to be there too early you know it's just kind of a sleepy airport but it's like they needed more staff i don't know what it is man it's just uh, people don't want to work or what i don't know what it is but they could have used some people i guess nobody wanted to get up that early i guess shit if you if you're if flight's leaving at 6 30 Folks probably have. To, I'm sure people are there 24 seven. That was just a shift that people didn't want to do. I don't know. Um. So that was great experience overall. Uh, made the flight home and all that jazz. Um, I got the NFL Sunday ticket. I bit the bullet. I'm excited. I'm stoked for the season. Uh, so I'm I'm looking forward to that. Uh. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's not that much. There's not that much else to say about it. Uh, that starts in a couple. The NFL starts in a couple weeks. I think there's some preseason games that I have access to that I, that happened this afternoon. So I'll, I'll check that out. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm excited. Um, what else happened this week? Phoebe Bridgers exposed herself at a festival over uh over the la over this past week um she was at this festival in Belgium called the Pukle Poop Pukle Pop Puckle Pop festival when she threw open her shirt and flashed her boobs to the crowd she's touring with her band uh Boy Genius and i think there were some people that were kind of mad pissed off i'm just like who'd be mad at that as she rounded off one of the lyrics, let's see. Uh, the set saw the artists wave around a pride flag as they reached the end of their time on stage. Bridges put her hands on her shirt as she belted out the lyrics to Salt in the Wound. As she rounded off one of the lyrics, the 29-year-old ripped her white shirt apart to reveal her bare chest in a move which made her face light up in a smile. Bridgers spun around for the crowd and continued to move along to the music with her boobs on full display as the crowd continued to cheer along with her. Her nudity was clearly infectious as before her long, her long, what? As before her long bandmate Dacus also flashed her chest to the audience. The group has received praise for their liberated performance, though many viewers made clear the flashing caught them off guard. Male or female, this is so unnecess unnecessary and weird, one person wrote after watching footage from Boy Genius's performance. Another added, can't believe I just saw Lu Lucy Dacus and Phoebe Bridgers show their boobs to all of Belgium in HD quality. Yeah, some, yeah. Uh, I'll just say, I wasn't mad at it. Anytime a woman wants to do when Janelle Janelle Monet did it, I was like, yeah. That's fucking beautiful. Janelle Monet is one of those beauties that she's a tiny woman and you're at the same time you're surprised at how 
curvaceous she is. Um, wow, Janelle Monet, yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, it it was uh yeah I just I I I was it's funny to me that people were mad about it but it's like I'm gonna go on record and say hey I thought Phoebe Bridgers y- you were good before I liked her music before she showed them things Punisher's a, a very good album uh, and I I was a fan uh, before you, you you showed them things. And I'm not mad at you for showing them. Good on you, Phoebe. Uh, <laughs> also, um, I got a, I got a, I got my Kobe's. I got my Air Flight Warachis, also known as the Kobe PEs, yesterday from StockX. I didn't realize that StockX has a facility or if they're based in New Jersey. So I got them pretty quick after they like verified the sneakers and stuff. Um, so they looked, they look great. It's one thing when you see it on TV, you see it on the internet, you see, you're like watching a YouTube video of some nerd trying on the shoes that has them before everybody. Like he has them like six months before the fucking shoe comes out to regular peasants like me. And, um, I was like, oh, these look good. I like these. But then I get them in in hand and in person, like it's like, wow, these are pretty sexy. These are these are really like I'm gonna wear these at the Union at the Comedy Outlier show. I'm gonna gonna wear these, find a nice shirt to match it, and hope for the best. Hope that I don't bomb. So, but like, if I want to be like, if I want to have that Mamba mentality. I can't worry about fucking up. I can just worry about giving my best while I'm on stage, while I'm performing. You know what I'm saying? Mamba mentality. Um, And it was Kobe, Kobe Day, a couple days ago, 824. Wait a minute. Whenever whenever they, they released a bunch of his sneakers, they did like this surprise sneak attack release and now there's like his shoe his shoes one of his shoes they call him the halo though let me see how much those are now can i go to StockX and kobe nike kobe 8 pro tro halo 228 dollars lowest ask for me for a guy with a size 13 foot 355 dollars i don't really care for these they look all right I wouldn't I wouldn't do it unless I got in unless I was balling like that. I would uh and wore it to an all white party or some shit. I'd rock those. The black ones look good. Those are twelve hundred bucks. Jesus Christ. But I like those ADs that I have that I that I wear all the time. I like those. I think those are my favorite. But anyway, uh, so I got those. I'm I'm happy with my purchase. Sometimes, you know, like you can you can buy a shoe, anything online. Like I don't I think women probably deal with this more so than than men when it comes to I'm assuming footwear or just any type of clothes. I think I've ordered I've ordered stuff online where it's like on on the on the website it looks this looks good and then it's like oh these it's not just doesn't look good, as good as it did. You kind of, kind of, you're kind of disappointed sometimes. Uh, but not with these. With these. With these um, air flights, they're good, and I'm I'm really, really happy with that purchase. Um, all right. So a couple things. I don't know how long I'll have you on. Uh, I'll hold you on this episode, but um, there's a couple things I wanted to talk about. Um, uh, Shakari Richardson. She. Won the one hundreds at Worlds earlier this week, and it was it was fucking amazing, man. God, she's fast. All those women are fast as hell. I was just just blown away. And one thing I was thinking, I was, I, you know, like when somebody accomplishes something like that, you just you look them up. I I like to look stuff up. Google the person. Look them up on uh, Wikipedia. She's only twenty three. I didn't realize she was that young. 
And so when all that drama was happening with her a couple years ago and she was in the news, people were uh, beating her up on the Internet. Uh, I was like, she's, she's just a kid. She's just a kid. She, too, is just a kid. And I was thinking about that. You hear me say that all the time, how, you know, it's kind of like a poke. It is poking fun at white people calling like 35 year olds kids when they fuck up. And there's really I was thinking about this, like. And I'm not trying to be I'm not trying to placate anybody, I'm not trying to placate black women. And I'm not trying to be I'm not trying to be woke. But God damn. Women, black women, don't get a chance to just be kids. Do black people get a chance? Do we really get a chance to be kids? And especially black women. When I think about think about Shakari Richardson, think about um, Angel Reitz, who's been in, who was in the news earlier for beating the shit out, of, <laughs> beating Iowa's ass when. Uh, was my girl? I, I like her. Caitlin Clark was balling out. She was doing the use the Cena. You can't see me. Um, or was it who originated that? Was it Tony Yayo? Somebody correct me. One of those one of those rapper guys who did it first. But you know what I mean. Uh, Caitlin Reese, Rod, and I talked about it. You know, it was wilding and balling and killing everybody. She was rocking Kobe's the the Bruce Lee joints, beating everybody's ass, uh, partying. Nobody said anything about that. Nobody said shit. But when Angel Reese was balling out, Angel Reese kind of had her number for really their whole career. Every time they met, she kind of had her number. But Angel Reese was not heralded. But yet these grown ass men are like, she's like she like she fucking murdered somebody. She should have been asked. What a bitch. I mean, they didn't say that, but they called her damn near everything they could with this coded ass language to not call her a nigger or something. You know what I mean? And so I'm not saying uh <laughs> I'm not saying Shakari Richardson's an angel. She kind of said some things that were out of pocket, but she's just a, a fucking kid. There's almost like no room for error and they were beating her up in the media. She came back and one did she did she say some things that were out of pocket but yeah but i like the fact that she came back and won um and and set a personal record for herself um but it just made me think just a lot where it's just like these young black people who who are doing these amazing things in athletics. You think about the, the time, the dedication, the blood, sweat, and tears that go into being excellent on this world-class level. There's just like, there's just no room for failure. And even if, even in whatever field, it's just almost like, do you, do these people are these people given grace? I don't think they are. And it's kind of sad. It's not kind of, it is sad. And I think about my life where I was kind of a cautious square kid. I think that's part is having older parents to who worry. I don't, it's, it's, it's a lot of things. But I was, and I, you know, I always say like, you know, kids, I, I just remember, I remember listening to this podcast a long time ago and there were, it was, it was a it was comedian's podcast. And I don't really remember. I just remember the subject matter of the white comedians. They had a black guest. The white comedians were talking about how they were getting drunk when they were young and partying and doing all kinds of this crazy shit. And the black kid was like, oh, I, didn't, I didn't do that. I didn't want to get in trouble. I was afraid. And, you know, they weren't allowed to just 
mess up like kids often do. You know what I mean? Like I kind of considered myself an outlier in a, when it came to behavior because I was always trying to be good. I didn't want to I didn't want to fuck up, but um I think I told my I told my mom recently. I was like, "You were lucky. You and dad were lucky. I was a square." Like there might have been t- I'm not I was not by by any means a perfect child, but I was a good kid, you know? And I don't, I, I just, I, I had to think about that more, but um, it just reminded me when I looked at her age, okay, she's 23 now. So three years ago, she's fucking 20. And really, she's one of those athletes that bring eyes to the sport. But I just I feel like like these athletes and these entertainers get held to such a, a high standard that our politicians are not. Yeah, I know Trump got and got arraigned and everything. He got you know processed and the, his mug shots all over the internet and stuff. But like these people who are supposed to be making these rules and these laws, they're not held to those standards by the public, let alone the law, just by the the just people in in society. And it's so funny that like you you see those movies and stuff in the 50s, like those those civil rights movies where they call they call grown ass men boys. Hey, boy, get out of my lawn, get off my lawn, boy. White white folks calling grown ass black people, boy and girl. And then they don't, you know, and then they don't, then they don't give these, these people grace. I'm rambling. I'm kind of all over the place on this one, but yeah, it just made me think about that. Cause I always say this, he's just a kid when it comes to these black black athletes except for Deshaun Watson who fuck up it's just like no these are just a kid Sha'Carri Richardson's essentially just a kid too I just think they should be given more grace and that's that's part of equality too like the like that what's the kid from Stanford that raped the white boy that raped that girl and they, they let him off and or he did some time or something like that. Then the motherfucker uh, tried to change his name and shit. I saw that pop up recently. That motherfucker was, was just a kid, too. Shakira Richardson smoked some weed, which this fucking rule is. I think when all this went down, when she she qualified and then couldn't go to the Olympics and um uh, because she tested positive for for cannabis and people were were dogging it that that i think people did a lot of people in the media did say that that that's not something that really helps you to get to that and that's not something that gives you an edge over your competitors it's it's an antiquated rule but it's a rule nonetheless that she should have followed but at the same time man it's like that's a bullshit rule. It's it. We're in, we're in different times now. And there's other athletes that are talking about it. Uh, especially in the NFL and the NBA. I don't know if that they, do they test for that now? Still? I don't know, but I'm happy for her, but it just made me think about that. Like, man, do, do they don't do the same for these, uh, black, black kids. If you're if you're black and you're listening to this podcast, think about did you ever get it? Did you get a real chance to be a kid? I think I did. I I I did, but for me there was you know, for me there was other there was there were examples of if you fucked up this would happen to you. And and I I saw that with people who fucked up in my family. 
So it's just like, I don't want to be like that, dude. I don't want to be like her. I want to be like him. So there was a, there were a positive and negative examples around me. I just wonder, do people just, it just really made me think about that. I don't know. What do you think, folks? Let me know. What What do you think? Do you Do you think? Do you think uh, we should give folks more grace? I think so. You punish them when they're wrong, but obviously, but you know, it's it's uh something to think about. All right, Muzak. Music. I've listened to new music. Um, Fat Tony. And Tadex have this album out called I Will Make a Baby in This Economy. Uh, the thing that attracted me to this was this record, the lead record called Spectacular. And um, I was like, wow, this is good. And I found out it was on Car Park Records, which uh, one of my favorite artists who used to be on that label, Toro Imwa, a.k.a. Chaz Bear, formerly Bundick was on. I'm like, they they have rap music off this? So that just off off that, I was like, oh, okay, let me check this out. Um, Fat Tony is originally from Houston, Texas, but I think he's L.A. based now. And uh, I listened I listened to this yesterday, and I'm like, this is good. Sonically, it's good. The raps are, the raps are cool. <laughs> I dig it. I... I really do dig it. I will make a baby in this damn economy. Fat Tony and Tadex. And then I listened to uh, another record, another album that they did. I think it was in 2020. Um, oh, boy. Let me see if I can. This album called Wake Up. He's got quite a few, actually. So I'm going to, I need to go and listen to his catalog. Hopefully when 2K comes out, I'll be listening to more music and playing 2K. Tempted to get Madden. I'm tempted to pay retail price for Madden just because I'm on that narcotic. You know what I mean? I am on that narcotic of the NFL more so than I used to be. So I might do that. I don't know. Definitely want 2K. Uh, so Fat Fat Tony and Tadex is dope. Uh, Tadex is the producer, and he is L.A. based. Um, but I think they all live there in L.A. Anyway, so that was that's very good. I think if you're if you're into my hip hop recommendations, I think you might be into it. I think you just might. Um, other stuff. Toro Imwa. Speaking of him. He put out an EP, kind of a surprise. I I didn't, or maybe I just didn't notice that he had this out. It's an EP out called Sand Hills that just came out on Friday. And he put out a, and it's a project that's themed around his, uh, him coming home to South Carolina, where he's from, to, uh, I think, Columbia. And he also put out a, 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 a short film, so... I gotta check that out. It's it's cool when some of your like when one of your favorite artists does something that's kind of random and a bit of a surprise. His he had an album that just came out last year, May Hall, which is terrific. I was just listening to um I, I think my favorite record on, on May Hall is last this record called uh Last Year. And he put out a a live version of that too. So that's that's out. That was a not too long ago. That was about like May, right? Like May or June. Um, so he's putting stuff out, and I'm gonna check out this film, this short film that he did. It's almost like a. It's good. It's almost like a his his version of a country album. And he's one of these artists that like Annie Clark in a lot of ways, who really change up their sound. And then, but there's always something that you can kind of feel this, have this connective tissue that you find that they're not going away or deviating from the essence of who they are. It's just like another, like I always say, ring around the tree trunk. 
you know, so it's um, I'm interested in in watching this video and, and look, listening to the uh, EP uh, some more. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of his. Always going to check for something he does. Um, what else, guys? Uh, movies. I just watched uh, this movie. This movie, BS High, about this Bishop Sycamore uh, fake school. That So this is... Um, let me read this little blurb. The Bishop Sycamore Centurions find themselves playing a nationally televised football game on ESPN in 2021. However, questions after the game reveal that Bishop Sycamore isn't a real school at all. Uh, I knew about this a little bit and while it happened that this shit was fake and they ended up playing this uh, team, uh, the IMG Academy, this elite-level high school team, and they got the shit kicked out of them. And you find out that some of these kids aren't are in their early twenties and uh, trying to make it into a college. And this guy that was involved is a, essentially a con artist, and he fucked over these kids. Uh, it's really a, it's really an interesting watch. Bomani Jones is one of the people that they interviewed for this, um, and he makes a lot of great points. Uh, it is. It is something, and it's it's just like it's it, it's yeah it, it's it's something it's it's really good. It's not what's not good is the way that you know he fucked over these black kids. Um, it's it's definitely worth a watch. It's 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 very good. Uh, it's just sad that what happened, what happened to these kids that he exploited. Um, so check that out. It's on. It's on Max. I still can't get over that. It's HBO. It's on HBO Max. But whatever. Um, I'll give you one more movie, and we'll get the heck out of here. Uh, there's this film that I talked about last week that I was super excited to see. This film called. Uh, landscape with invisible hand and this is let me make sure i want to get the right this is based on a novel by the same name from uh based on a novel that's by mt anderson and i'll read you the blurb here it's uh they came for our love years into a benevolent alien occupation Mankind is still adjusting to its new overlords. Their technology initially held promise for global prosperity, but rendered most human jobs and steady in income obsolete. When two teenagers discover the aliens are fascinated with human love and will pay for access to it, they decide to live stream their romance to make extra cash for their families. This movie was directed by Corey Finley. He also uh, wrote it, wrote the adapt. He adapted it. Um, it is. It stars Asante Black from uh, When They See Us, Kylie Rogers, and Tiffany Haddish, uh, and along with Josh Hamilton and Michael Gandolfini and Brooklyn McKenzie. What attracted me to this one, I talked about a little bit last week. Corey Finley directed and wrote Thoroughbreds, which I really loved. Uh, so that made me... I was interested in seeing it because it's got a little bit of buzz um, from the film festivals. I believe it was Sundance earlier in the year. And um, I was like, ooh, I want to see this. Now that I've realized that the director of Thoroughbreds directed this one, I was like, holy shit, yeah. This movie is very good. I gave it five stars on Letterboxd. I thought it was terrific. It was... I don't think this was written initially for black black characters. And because I don't think it was, I think that Corey Finley made the adjustment in the adaptation 
when he decided to make the lead character, Asante Black, the lead character Black. I don't know who came on, if it was Tiffany Haddish who came on first, and then they they uh, moved forward with the casting, but Tiffany Haddish played Asante Black's mom. Uh, it was really good. It's like a, it's about, it's a lot about race. There's racial things that come up that you're like, oh shit, race that you you wouldn't think race would be involved but even even in a in a science fiction world where the aliens have taken over you would think that you know no matter what race you are you're in the human race and you would try to band together in a lot of ways uh which uh in a lot of ways um the black people were doing at least the ones in this movie were um and you see things uh it's about commerce, about about money, about laws, about um, reality television. It's it's about a number of things, and they kind of about art, how art is consumed, and uh, how it can kind of uh, cloud your. It, it, it could possibly cloud your your views your perception or your the way that you think life should be uh how people can take your art how art it's like it's like about how art meets commerce it's about a lot of different things and it's handled really deftly i think the acting's great a thing that i really appreciated uh they had these little interstitial scenes the title kind of comes into play once you watch the movie and you have an understanding. I really don't want to spoil anything or say too much about it. I just try to talk about it on a on a surface level that'll um, maybe make you see it. And if you see it, you know, um, you let me know what you think, and we'll you know I'll talk about it more. But I think it's I think this one's worth seeing. I don't know. It's it's in the I, what surprised me was the fact that it's in it's playing like in the in the theaters. I thought it'd be at like this small at the small art house theaters and stuff. It would be hard to see, but it was playing at my at the at the main mall at the Garden State Plaza. I don't know how long it's going to be playing there, but it was playing in quite a few theaters in the area near me. Um I really did like it. I, I, I've, it's one of, to me, it's one of the best movies I've seen this year. Um, I really liked, I really liked Asante black. I liked, I liked all the acting in it. Um, I really love the cinematography too. Um, trying to see who did. Cause I looked him up, him up before Lyle Vincent. Who shot Thoroughbreds? Who shot Bad Education? I'm trying to think of stuff that I've seen. He shot this Staircase. I haven't finished Staircase, but he shot that, the 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 HBO series. He shot shot this film called Bushwick that I feel like I've seen. Dave Bautista and and Brittany Snow. I think I did see that like a long time ago. I'm not sure. But anyway, I love the cinematography. I loved how the camera was just kind of like in the camera's face. Thoroughbreds kind of came across as like one of those films that I always say that's kind of like a play in a lot of ways. There were some scenes that felt that way in in landscape. <coughs> Excuse me. But um, just the way that the camera was in the actor's face in, in quite a few scenes. I just kind of noticed it that I, I that I dug it. Um, yeah, I just anytime you notice the camera work in a in a good way, that's that's a good thing. Uh, the score was also great. Um, Michael Abels did the score, so he did the score for Get Out. He did the score for Nope, for Us. So all of Jordan Peele's movies, he did Bad Education also. Um, a movie from the di- director. Um, 
from God, why can't I get from Finley, Corey Finley. Okay, I was trying to get that right. What else did I see of his? Um, Breaking he did. Um, this movie called See You Yesterday. I think that's like a Netflix movie. Did a score on Allen versus Pharaoh. And the movie with uh, Jeffrey Wright and uh, Ashton Sanders. All day and the night. So this guy has done some stuff. So yeah, this, this movie just really worked for me. I, I highly recommend it. Uh, when it comes on streaming, you know, it's definitely worth seeing. I know Gran Turismo's out, and there's like mainstream stuff that's out. Uh, but if you're interested, I, I would say check it out. I, I really did. I really did enjoy this one. Uh, I'm really looking forward to Equalizer 3. So I'm going to be re-watching 1 and 2 uh, this week. To, to to get ready for uh, part three, um, and if I can, I'm hoping that I I see the Equalizer early enough, and then I'm gonna go see Bottoms. I'm excited to see Bottoms, um, and then maybe Friday I'm hoping to see at least one art house flick that I'll nerd out for a letterbox episode for patreon so we'll see um but yeah i highly recommend landscape with invisible hand uh looks kind of weird and quirky the poster does but it's it's pretty interesting um it's it's saying a lot about society without being heavy-handed it's just like this is the world that these people are in and this it's very subtle it's almost like it's it's subtle and it's not you know and i think you'll pick up on it when you see it but i i thought it i think it's really good um so that's it folks i have talked to you enough talked to you enough for the week and i want to say that i'm i'm very uh happy that you decided to listen and press play i think uh i think black black kids Black young people should be allowed to be young just like everybody else. And uh, there you go. You can still be responsible and you can all you people should be allowed to make mistakes. And uh, I think that's what the Sha'Carri Richardson story should be, because actually, you know, I know she was kind of. I just vaguely remember her wilding out a little bit on social media, but uh, it just kind of just listening to her talk seems like a sweet kid. And I hope she does continues to do better uh, and win and all that jazz. So without further ado, thank you for listening. Really appreciate it. And I will talk to you all next time. Take it easy, everybody.